Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. Welcome to Soul to Soul right here on 101.9 Hi FM. I'm your host, Rabbi Eric Keep, and it's great to be with you here today. And we are continuing in our series of Advice for Life. This week, we're going to talk about a particular topic, and that is dealing with medical health challenges. And in life, sometimes we have those challenges. And the question, of course, is what guidance, what advice can we find in the Torah and Judaism, and particularly as was inspired and taught by the Rebbe, how people can find solace, comfort, or can positivity, optimism, despite the challenges they might be facing in their medical health conditions. And so I think it's very important that we take some time and see that it's not something to, God forbid, uh, be despondent, a person shouldn't despair, but rather we have to find ways of optimism. And no doubt that if you know somebody who's struggling with a health matter, these ideas espoused by the Torah and taught by the Rebbe can certainly help people we know who are struggling with their health matters. And let's talk a little bit about that. What we've discussed in past weeks was certainly what we see from the Rebbe's holistic worldview is that we don't see body and spirit, material and spiritual, as operating on two different tracks. Rather, we have to realize the same one almighty God who created us and created everything, the spiritual and the physical. And it's all for one singular holy purpose. And therefore, as part of our divine purpose here in this world, we have to see the inherent interconnectedness that is, they're inter, they're, they are inextricably bound with one another, our physical and our spiritual. And, and the truth is, within the Hasidic teachings, this is an idea that is emphasized. In fact, in the Yom Yom teaching of yesterday, we learned a verse that says, when you see the donkey of your enemy, and it's struggling with its burden, and you might be hesitant to assist it, the Torah says, despite that person being your enemy, you have an obligation and responsibility to assist and to help them. Now, perhaps to put that into more modern terminology, you see your enemy, your neighbor, your former friend who you can't stand stuck on the M1 with a flat tire, a puncture, and you say, good for him. I don't want to help that guy out. The Torah says, no, you do have a mitzvah, you have a responsibility to assist that person. But Hasidus, the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov, give us a much deeper understanding of that and explains kitira chamor. The word chamor does not only mean donkey, but etymologically it's related to chumrius. When you see physicality, the mundane matters of life, as sanacha, as perhaps antithetical to our spiritual growth and development, we see that, that food perhaps is not something we want to put our primary emphasis on or fitness or or sleep that we want to spend more time in a, engaging in spiritual pursuits therefore the Torah says you have this feeling of not engaging with it we have to realize that there has to be a synthesis a synchronicity between our spiritual and our physical well-being because they work 
hand in hand with each other, that spirit and matter are interconnected and therefore they have to work together. We cannot see the world through bifocals. There's no separation between spiritual and physical, between spirit and matter. Both are meant to work hand in hand and therefore we have to always see how they can work together, how one impacts the other. And this is an important aspect of the Hasidic philosophy, the, what the Rebbe taught us, and no doubt it's the Hasidic approach to understanding Judaism, the unity, the inherent unity of the spiritual and physical, and this is something that no doubt applies to our health matters as well. So while we discussed the interplay between the physical and spiritual in regards to our work, and we realized that work is not a necessary evil in order to provide for our family's needs, but we saw the inherent value in our work itself. And we saw the same thing when we talked about our family, that it's part of our divine mission and we can't see a sep- that it's a separate aspect of our lives. How holiness interplays with every aspect from our career to our finance, to our family. Let's focus today on our health. And let's begin by talking about the relationship between the physical and spiritual in a a more simple sense, the relationship between physical and emotional health. And we'll talk perhaps next week more about mental health, but let's see the areas of physical and emotional health because I think it's so important when we realize the importance of a positive attitude, of happiness, of optimism that is so instrumental in a person's healing. Of course, there are many studies that actually in modern science that corroborate the idea of the of having an upbeat state of mind. And it's very important for our physical health. But Judaism and particularly the Hasidic teachings emphasize the importance of cheerfulness and joy of having that joie de vie as a key to actually eliciting God's blessings from above. Somebody once asked the rabbi, what's the secret to happiness? The rabbi thinks for a moment, he says, don't argue with fools. Fellow says, come on, rabbi, it can't be that simple. Rabbi smiles and says, you're right. My friends, we have to realize that our attitude actually has a tremendous impact above. There's a Hasidic Yiddish expression, tracht gut vetzangut. Tracht gut vetzangut means that when we think positively, we will see positive results in our lives. And the logic behind this is a basic Kabbalistic idea that God fashioned us in a way that actually he mirrors us. And what we have to realize is that the energies that God showered upon us are a reflection of the energies that we ourselves exhibit in our lives. And so our positive energies actually elicit a positive response from above. King Solomon says in Mishlei, as water reflects water. When you look into a mirror or the reflection you'll see in the water of yourself, you put a smile forth, you're not going to get back a frown. And the same thing, when you walk into a room, the attitude that we bring has a tremendous reflection on those around us. And we have to see the same thing. And it's crucial, actually, we're going to take it a step further that it's not only about what we put in. You know, we say, we say it in our prayers every morning. Blessed is the one who spoke and the world came to be. 
And God created our world with a faculty of speech. We too, created in the divine image, can emulate God. And we create our world, our environment, everything around us with the words that we speak. So when we speak kind and caring and sensitive words, we create a good atmosphere. Conversely, if we're toxic, then what do you think? What do you expect the results to be? So taking that a step further, it's not only our environment, but in Pirkei Avot, we read a Mishnah that says, da malamayla mimach, know that which is above you. And there's a very interesting Hasidic spin on that. Da malamayla, know that which is above, mimach actually is a result of your behavior, the way you conduct yourself here on earth. And so the Baal Shem Tov taught, our positive energies here have an effect above. We have to realize that the way we behave here will have an effect on high. So if we are optimistic, we are positive, it will create that effect above for us. And this is something very interesting that the words we use, don't use negative words, words that are detrimental to our well-being. In fact, the Rebbe didn't like that they called hospitals in Hebrew, Beit Cholim, a home for the sick. Where are you going? To the home for sick. Of course, what do you think you're going to come out with? Instead, he said, let's focus, let's emphasize the healing aspect. Beit Rufuah, call a hospital, a home for healing. And it's something the Rebbe mentioned on several occasions, the importance of having that positive talk. And it's not just semantics, he said. Actually, the words we use have a far-reaching effect. And it's important for us to realize that when we have a positive attitude, it is so conducive to healing. And besides for the psychological benefits that is corroborated by modern psychology, we say that according to Kabbalah, God reflects back to us the energies that we ourselves exhibit. And that, of course, our positive energies of joy and optimism are key to healing that we bring about, we elicit positive healing energies from above by us being positive here below. And obviously we think, hey, does it just boil down to be happy and everything will work out? You know, it's easier said than done. Obvious question is how do we remain upbeat? How do we be positive in the face of an illness, of, of, of a negative prognosis? And this is something very important that we find ways to actually keep ourselves optimistic and positive. How do you go about doing that? Well, I think there are several themes or ideas within Jewish teachings, and particularly as was espoused by the Rebbe, how we can remain joyful and positive despite the physical pain and the emotional anxiety that are part of the course when we're going through unfortunate circumstances, difficult situations. And one of the main ideas is remaining productive. I run the Chabad Seniors programs, and while we don't encourage people to retire, is retirement the idea that I was tired in the morning and I'm tired again in the afternoon, but rather to remain productive, to find ways of being productive in our life. And we discussed in the past how work is not incidental to us as human beings. It's not just a necessary evil, but it's an essential part of our spiritual mission here in this world. But there's another point that I want to emphasize, that work and productivity are important parts of our humanity. And the idea is 
You know, it says in, uh, forgetting where the verse is, Adam la'amal yulad, that a human being is born to toil. We are hardwired to need to be productive. This is, this is the way God made us. And in fact, as we say, we're created in a divine image. We need to emulate God and actually partner with God in creation. God creates something from nothing. And then we take that raw material that God created and we further enhance it and develop it. It's part of the way that God makes us partners in his creation of the world. In the very beginning of Genesis and Beratius, it actually says it in the verse that we are here. God put us in this world to work it, to guard it, to protect it. And so we human beings, if we have a certain human satisfaction and fulfillment, when we're able to be productive in the way we conduct our lives. Sadly, when people become ill, often their productivity and work come to a standstill. Their condition, their circumstance prevents them from tapping into this potent source of positive emotions. And even worse, sometimes causes them to feel a sense of emptiness. And so as positive emotions we know are so key to health and healing, it's so important to whatever extent possible to remain as productive as circumstances allow. Of course, rest is important for healing, but so is productivity. Obviously, you have to strive to find that right balance in your life. But the important thing is, Adam Lamal Yulad, the verse in Tanakh, I think it's an Eov and Job, tells us that we have to be productive. It's an important part of our humanity. And it's integral to our feeling of satisfaction and fulfillment, finding meaning and purpose in our lives. So don't neglect our need for productivity. Now, another important point that Hasidus teaches is the idea of Hashkacha practice, which means everything in this world happens by divine providence. So besides for finding ways to continue to be practically productive when a person might not be in a state and circumstantially to be as productive as they previously were, it's also important to find what's the spiritual purpose for my current, for my present condition. When a person's ill, it's so hard to find what purpose can there be in such circumstances and when they're in such a situation. And therefore, I think it's so important when we live with this concept of Ashkacha practice, that everything that happens in my life happens for a reason, then when I'm stuck in traffic, then when my trip is delayed, then when things aren't working out exactly, nobody plans to be sick. But if I'm in a position of, God forbid, being ill, then I realize that, you know, God constantly recreates all of creation at every single moment. We say it in our prayers every morning. At every single moment, God is recreating this world. If God were to stop for one moment, then the world would cease to exist. That's not the case with humanity. You know, all of creation, we could compare to an appliance that's plugged into the electrical socket. The moment that appliance is unplugged, the electrical flow will stop and the appliance won't be able to operate, right? In terms of creation, if the flow of divine energy were to cease to animate our world for one moment, then the world would not have that. It would be deprived of the creative energy that pushes it into existence. Not only would cease to operate, it would cease to exist. A person creates uh, sitting here in a studio and you have all this wonderful equipment, 
the people who created it, they, they, they made it, they installed it, and done. They don't have to be here any longer. But if God is creating each thing in every situation, every circumstance, at every moment, it is certain that God is doing so with purpose. And therefore, we have to find that purpose in our own lives. And perhaps this idea that, you know, illness is I-liness. It starts with I. It's about focusing on myself and my pitying my situation. Wellness is when I focus on we. How can I be there for another? Animals are focused on the soil, but we have a divine soul besides for our animal soul. And soul versus soil. Soil is S-O-I-L. It's all about me, myself, and I. Stop pitying ourselves. Soul is S-O-U-L. What can I do for another? How can I be of service, of purpose in my situation? And therefore, I think it's so imperative that when we are in any situation, we have to identify and act upon the spiritual underlying reason for that. Whatever it might be, understanding that there's a purpose in the situation and that is a way to avoid the feelings of melancholy, of morose, lugubrious, downtroddenness, the negative feelings that often are part and parcel of illness or whatever health condition a person might be enduring, experiencing. And it's a way of remaining productive and reaping the satisfaction that product that being productive can bring to our lives. So I think it's so important when a person is in any situation. Firstly, we said be optimistic, be positive. Secondly, be productive. And thirdly, find purpose and meaning in that situation. We will be right back and talk about ways to overcome any challenges and obstacles that we find ourselves in, particularly as we're discussing today, health related. We'll be right back. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to Soul to Soul right here on 101.9. Hi, FM. I'm your host, Rabbi Ari Kiefer. And it's great to be with you here this wonderful afternoon as we continue our discussion here on Soul to Soul, Advice for Life, the Torah's teachings as presented through the philosophy, the paradigm, the perspective of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. And we've been talking today specifically regarding looking after our health, our wellness, wholesome health, let's call it, the connection between our physical and spiritual well-being. There's one important thing that Judaism certainly promotes, that we certainly look after our well-being, and that is to have faith and trust in Almighty God that certainly plays a critical role in our our handling of all situations, particularly relating to medical difficulties. And so this is an important point that the Rebbe oftentimes emphasized to people who found themselves in difficult situations in general, and those who face health challenges, that is to increase their, call it their BQ, their bitachan quotient. Bitachan translates as, I guess, trust. And usually that obviously is referring to trust in God, as it says on the dollar bill. In God, we trust all of this paid cash. Now, I want to ask you a question. What's the difference between belief and trust? In fact, we have two words in Hebrew. We have emunah, which I guess can be translated as belief. But there's bitachon, there's trust. In fact, bitachon is an assurance, like a security. And a person could believe. You believe in God, but that might not trust in God. For example, we all believe that certain governments exist. We have a wonderful government in this country, and they govern so many areas of our life. But 
we don't exactly trust our government in particular because we know crime, corruption, animosity, hatred of Israel, etc. When we look at the word emuna, which is belief, and the trust of bitachon, we understand there's a big difference. To have a muna means that we believe that God will take care of us, but it might not be a perceivable good. It might not be something that we feel. Bitachon means that we are certain that due to God's infinite kindness, God will be good in a revealed sense. And we're supposed to have bitachon. And this bitachon itself brings about God's blessings in our life. And so, this is, again, a very important point of tracht gut vid When we think positively, we can bring about those results. Why would we think so positively? Because we have complete trust and faith that God will make sure everything works out exactly how it's meant to be work out. So when we have that bitachan, and it's something that requires nurturing, we have to actually cultivate this belief and faith, then we can actually be in a most positive, optimistic frame of mind as we've been discussing today. And that is of utmost important that when we have that full bitachan, belief that everything will work out well, that actually can have a, a tremendous impact on our well-being, realizing that I put my trust and faith in the God, in, in Almighty God. Of course, one wonders, you know, how do you end up beat when you're facing difficulties, when a person has a, a harsh and unpleasant and unwanted medical prognosis? The first thing is we have to understand, even if the doctor has given up hope, we mustn't give up hope because if we have trust and faith in God, God is not bound by the laws of nature. God can do things beyond nature, miracles, wonders for anyone. And this is something so important to think about what kind of wonders and miracles can happen in our own life. That's having the, the trust and faith, the belief in Hashem. You never know. I mean, the, what do we say in our, in our, every time we go out of the bathroom? God is God is the healer of all flesh, the performer of wonders. When we understand that properly, God performs actual miracles and wonders for us every single day. Then all the more so, we have to strengthen that belief when we know somebody's unwell, that we can encourage them, we can influence them to strengthen their belief in Hashem. And this is something that is really a beautiful and profound thought in a particular instance. Don't remember the exact time it was, but there was somebody who was unwell and they came to discuss their matter with the Rebbe. And the Rebbe encouraged them to, to express their betachan by celebrating their recovery before it even happened. In the natural mind, when a person's unwell, they say, I'll celebrate when I'm better. They'll celebrate when they get a good prognosis. You know, the doctor says it's all going to be good. But the Rebbe said, don't just anticipate the good news, precipitate the good news. Do something to make it happen. And this is something that is so inspiring, I think. The Rebbe tells this person to rejoice even before the healing happens. And when you do so, that's a way of exemplifying, of demonstrating your true belief in Hashem that indeed God is that this betachan, this faith and trust in Hashem will steer the situation into a positive resolution because we believe that God can and does work miracles for anyone. We just need to strengthen that belief in ourselves. So despite 
a medical diagnosis that is unfavorable. And we never know. Maybe the doctors perhaps misdiagnosed the situation. Perhaps there's new remedies, drugs, medications that can still be developed that can bring about cure. Because don't forget, and this is another important point I want to discuss now, is that our doctors, doctors are God's agents for healing in this world. And we shouldn't in any way think that it's only about the miraculous aspect. I'm only jumping to the miraculous to say a person should never be despondent. Don't ever give up hope, God forbid, because we realize that despite any situation, we have complete faith and belief that God can perform those miracles as the healer of all flesh. But very importantly, our Torah portion this week tells us, Merapa Yerape. Merapa Yerape means God says that a doctor provides cure. The doctor is God's agent to bring about healing in this world. And since that's a biblical instruction, we have to follow the medical advice. What, what did the doctor say? Follow conventional medicine. Of course, we don't put our trust and faith in the doctors alone and the medicine alone. But if you have a belief and faith and trust in God, you follow what God says. God says, visit a doctor if you're unwell. And since it's a mitzvah, every single mitzvah we are told, we got to serve God in, with joy. So going to the doctor should also be a joyful affair. And it's so important that to realize following a doctor's instructions is not contrary to our faith in God in any way, shape, and form. It's actually a powerful expression of our faith in God, of our belief in the Torah, because in the Torah itself, it says, the doctor provides healing. So that means when we are in a situation where a person's unwell, they have to go to the doctor. The doctor is the one who God charges with the mission of bringing about that healing. And if we don't trust the medical advice and we're just obsessing over our, our health, it's actually a sign of a lack of trust in God because that's the process God created following the natural order, which is believing the medical advice, following the instructions of a doctor. And most importantly, don't, don't worry. Obviously, we have the anxiety. We, we, one worries. But if you have faith and trust in God, you follow God's instruction. You do exactly what God says. And that's a very, very important point that we're advocating for a healthy balance between obviously following the conventional route of medicine and at the same time keeping your faith because actually following the medical advice is an expression of a person's faith. Now, sometimes we go to the doctor, maybe we don't like it, maybe we don't feel that we have the right rapport with the doctor. Well, nothing wrong with second opinions. I mean, certainly in davening, we even say that uh, when you have two verses contradicting one another, you go, your person will consult the third verse, the will actually be able to resolve the difference between them. Well, the same thing one could say when it comes to medical advice, and I know from reading various letters and advice from the Rebbe that he certainly encouraged people to go for a second and sometimes even a third expert opinion of another doctor in order to come to the right decision. And that's something that also a person can do. And more so in our community, we had Dr. Rodney Untuslak, a blessed memory, who the Rebbe referred to as a Rofa Yadid, a doctor who is a friend. You want to have a medical expert who you feel takes a genuine interest in their patient's well-being. And that is a very important point that you have that relationship with your doctor, that you feel that the doctor actually cares for you, not just for what the medical aid is gonna pay them. 
And again, it's not about blind trust. There's a logical process to follow that includes, as the Torah portion this week tells us, to seek advice from a doctor, not just an ordinary doctor. The emphasis is Rafa Yadid, a doctor who's a friend, and when necessary, even to get another opinion. What's wrong with that? It can only strengthen and bolster the, you know, a competent doctor, someone who's who's confident in their in in what they know. I don't see why they would take offense for somebody getting a second opinion. Very good chance they would even refer you to a particular other expert to get that second opinion. So doing so is not contradictory to your faith, but on the contrary, that is an expression of our faith, knowing that this is what God wants you to do. And this course of treatment is the natural vehicle for God's blessing to channel itself into your life. So that's a very important point. And there was it's important that a person actually listens to the doctor's instructions and not to not to get caught up in the negativity. Now, the thing is that sometimes doctors, especially those who lack in their bedside manner, might not know or might perhaps convey a prognosis, not in the most pleasant way. And I think in, in those instances, it's important for a person to know and to make it clear to the doctor that their job is Verapa yirape. Their job is healing and not to be giving negative negativity and pessimism to their patients. So they are the doctor is empowered by Almighty God to bring healing. That's it. No one's a, we're not prophets. And the doctor, I don't know which doctor is a prophet. Many doctors make a good prophet. In fact, I would say a doctor who's genuinely concerned with healing their patients probably can make an even better prophet. But prophet as in financial prophet. I don't mean prophet as in prophetic vision to know how long a person's going to live for, etc. Ultimately, there's always new medical treatments that are discovered all the time, and God could always work his wonders. And that's what it means to have faith and trust in Hashem. And it's important that we understand that when we have faith and trust in the Almighty, then we can be upbeat, we can be optimistic, positive, and and really have that that faith. So before we take our next break, let us just actually make sure we understand that firstly, the importance of being positive and being as productive as possible as we discussed in the first segment of today's show and identifying our spiritual mission, remembering the hashkacha practice. What am I here for? Why is this happening to me in my life? And finally, expressing and having faith in Almighty God. We'll be right back in a moment. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to Soul to Soul right here on 101.9 Chai FM. I'm your host, Rabbi Ari Kivan, and today we've been talking advice for life, the Torah's perspective on dealing with healing in our own life. When a person has a difficult medical prognosis or perhaps medical challenges, or in truth, any challenge that a person might be going through, we've been looking at some ideas as taught by the Lubavitcher Rebbe on how a person can be optimistic and positive in difficult situations. And until now, we explored the interplay between the physical and emotional health. And now I want to just shift gears in our final segment of today's show to talk about the relationship between the physical and the spiritual health. Because we started off earlier talking about the idea of synchronizing, having that synthesis, the unity between body and soul. 
And we've explored this in terms of the interplay between our physical and emotional health and how it has an effect having faith and trust in the Almighty. And of course, we spoke about being positive and optimistic and productive and those ideas that we emphasized, that we highlighted. I want to take a moment now to, to shift back and talk about the relationship between the spiritual health and I'm talking specifically when we say spiritual health, our divine mission, our service, our service of God here in this world, and how that actually impacts our physical health and how they actually are intertwined and inextricably connected, how ultimately they both have, it's a two-way street, they have an impact on each other. And that's very important. If you look at the halacha in Maimonides, as for example, tells us in Mishnah Torah, the laws of character development, that taking care of our body, our, our, uh, making sure that a person has a goof baria, a healthy and sound body, is actually part and parcel of our divine service. It's part of our avodah Hashem, serving God. And therefore, if a person is not physically healthy, how are they going to fulfill the divine mission here in this world? We have to avoid anything that harms our body, which is preventative medicine that Maimonides talks about, as well as being proactive and being healthful and fit to take care of our body. That means eating properly and exercising and sleeping and, and eating nutritiously, etc. So this very idea is a very important point that in order for us to maintain proper health, we have to realize that it's not just something extra we have to do, but it's actually part of our service of Hashem. And this is something that Hasidus in general and the Rebbe in particular refuse to acknowledge any schism between holy and mundane, between spiritual and physical, between our, it shouldn't be two different worlds. Perhaps before Matan Torah, you could see it as that gap between heaven and earth. But when God gave us the Torah and God came down to Mount Sinai, that was the bridging of that gap. And when you can see things from that holistic perspective, it's not that we have two separate tasks in the world, one being to take care of our spiritual selves, serving God, doing all of, all the spiritual things, prayer, Torah study, mitzvahs, and the other taking care of our physical, material selves. But rather that the entirety of our existence is about mission, purpose, serving God. And yes, to serve God, you have to be healthy. It's not just a vehicle, a means. It is who we are. All of our material endeavors are physical health as well. Yes, making a living, going to work is part of your spiritual mission because it's not just, oh, without money, I'm not going to be able to fulfill my purpose. No, that is your purpose to make money. It is your purpose to take care of your family. It is your purpose to look after your health. And that is a very important point for us to realize it's part of the way we serve God. And that, if we have that perspective, again, based on halacha, based on Jewish law that tells us this very idea. Maimonides basically says without a healthy body, you will not be, your, your soul won't be healthy. God has enough angels in heaven who can be spiritual. God put us into a physical world because it's here in the physical world that we can achieve and fulfill our divine mission and purpose. And angels, God got plenty of them up there. Therefore, God puts us in the body. Our bodies essentially and inherently are holy. Look at what Jewish law says and how we have to care for our bodies. Our bodies are precious to God. So we have to safeguard this treasure that God entrusted to us for safekeeping. We are the custodians of our bodies. It is a spiritual priority to take care of your body. Otherwise, what vehicle will you use to, to fulfill your divine service, your mission in this world? And if we can see our physical health as, as part of our goal and part of our purpose and mission, 
then you won't see it in any way separately. You won't not listen to your doctor because what does the doctor know or, or not go to the doctor because, you know, it's not my priority. It is your priority. The importance of taking care of our physical health, prevent ailments, prevent disease, proper uh, hygiene and uh, nutrition and rest and exercise and all the other things that are of significant importance are fundamental for our well-being in order to make sure that we can fulfill our divine mission here in this world. And realizing that the relationship between the physical and spiritual health to realize the two-way street. Because one direction of the street is that we need physical health in order to be spiritually healthy, to serve God, to maintain, to to do everything we need to do, maintaining our, our physical health as part of our spiritual service here in this world. And obviously, when you look at it from that perspective, our physical health contributes towards its part of our divine service. But we also have to look at the converse side of this, which is the fact that our spiritual health actually contributes to our physical health. And I think more people probably need to hear this message than the former because we understand we need to be physically healthy in order to be spiritually healthy. But if we realize that our physical health is also dependent on our spiritual well-being, that, I think, is another very important point to learn that Torah and mitzvahs actually bring order and discipline to our life and give it meaning and purpose, besides for all the other you know, side benefits that you get to have wonderful family time around the Shabbos dinner and being charitable teaches us to be generous and all the other good points and aspects of our life that are wonderful fringe benefits of doing the Torah mitzvahs. But actually, when the Torah tells us to keep kosher, not just a ritualistic thing. Actually, it is not only a spiritual benefit, but it is for our physical well-being too. And therefore, this when when a, my Gentile neighbor, who's a wonderful, good, kind person, for their body, it makes no difference if they eat whatever they eat. But for the Jewish DNA, it is physically unhealthy for me to consume something that isn't kosher. And the same thing you could apply to any mitzvah, any commandment that we have in the Torah, right there, studying Torah, giving charity, having kosher mezuzahs and putting on kosher tefillin and avoiding whatever other inappropriate behaviors that the Torah tells us not to do and avoiding work on Shabbos and all the different things that we are commanded in the Torah. Besides for the spiritual ritual element of those commandments, there is a physical benefit too. And the benefits of all these are something that we shouldn't underestimate. The benefits can be materially for our benefit in so many ways that we experience right here in this world. And this is something that when a person is going through a difficult time, what does the Gemara say? A person should examine their deeds. A person should actually realize, take a good stock uh, of how, what's going on in my life. What areas can I improve and become better on? We're talking about spiritually to impact the physical well-being of a person. And when we look at the Torah we study and the mitzvahs we do, which one? The Torah is our blueprint for life. So the Torah, after all, will tell us how we are to conduct our lives. And that, no doubt, will have a tremendous impact on our physical well-being as well. Because Torah is not only about our spiritual well-being, it is about a physical existence here in this world. And that's why oftentimes the Rebbe would tell people to check the tefillin, to check the mezuzahs, to, to become better at kosher. All these different things that the Rebbe encouraged people to do were because he realized that our spiritual health contributes to our physical health. 
And when you follow the Torah's directive, in fact, it's the best way to ensure our material blessing that we can be healthy and well in this world because that's what, after all, God wants from us. And God gives us the instruction manual to have a productive, meaningful, and physically prosperous and successful life here in this world. And that is by upgrading our spiritual health as instructed in the Torah. That will certainly, will our, our, our physical benefits will come from upgrading our spiritual side as well. And so my friends, and these final moments, before I conclude, I just want to take a moment to discuss how base on all these ideas that we discussed today, how we could benefit our, our spiritual and physical well-being. It's very important when we can realize the connection between the emotional, spiritual, and physical, that it's all part of a holistic view on how we take care of ourselves and when we know somebody's unwell, how we could help them in whatever way by sharing these ideas with them. And like I said, we have to be optimistic and positive. I mentioned to you before, not even to use negative words. The many Hasidim, many, well, not just Hasidim, many from Jews refuse to use the names of certain diseases. Don't even open, don't even make an opening for such discussion. Be optimistic, be positive. Don't call the hospital a Beit Cholim, a place for the sick. We want to call it a place for, for recovery, for healing. And so we also have to realize that the doctor as an agent of healing, as the Torah portion of this room tells us, plays such an important role in facilitating a patient's positive spirits, optimism, a good cheer. And make sure that the doctor, that you have that rapport with your doctor, that it's one, and, and doctors too must make sure that they have that connection with their patients in a way that they truly care for them and that they encourage them to become better, not something that is just, you know, tell them as it is. That's the importance of bedside manner. I could tell you from all my years involvement in Atzala, we always want to be encouraging. It's not about false hope, God forbid. It's not the point, but we want to encourage people. We want to uplift them. We want to be optimistic. We want to help people that they could see that there's a true concern for their welfare and encourage them to have to, to, to do what it takes because our spiritual well-being is dependent on our physical well-being. And at the same time, my rabbi's hat here talks and tells you that our spiritual health is so important for our physical well-being and not to ignore the interplay, the, inter- the, the inextricable connection between the two. Because after all, that's what the Torah teaches us, that our spiritual and physical well-being are dependent on each other. So my friends, I hope you found some instructive ideas and insights whether one's a doctor, whether you're a patient, whether you, you know somebody who, who needs some encouragement or all of us, we all want to be healthier. We want to all live longer. We want to all be most productive here in this world. And I hope some of the ideas that we discussed today will be helpful to you and will be able to uh, help us to get to that place that we can be the best we can be in this world. And by seeing the intrinsic connection between the emotional, spiritual, and physical, we realize that it's all connected with each other. To be spiritually well, you need to be physically well. To be physically well, you need to be spiritually well. And I hope that these ideas and insights will help you to manage whatever challenges you might be facing in life, particularly as we discussed today, health and wellness. And let's just recap a few of the points we talked about, how God reflects back to us. It's a reflection, it's a mirror image. Our energy is a parallel to those that we ourselves exhibit. So when we exhibit generosity, well, Hashem says, 
I'm going to be generous to you too. When we exhibit uh, joy, God gives us more joy. Everything is reflected and high. And if we exhibit positive energies in and optimism, when it comes to whatever medical challenges, then from on high, the same thing happens besides for the psychological benefits that modern psychology definitely it definitely endorses and corroborates with this. But the idea that, that Judaism tells us is that we could bring positive healing and energies from above by being positive already here. We also spoke about the idea that, the, that, that each created entity, every single one of us, everything in this world, may Hashem Itzadigabrakan, I know every single, the steps of man are planted by God. And so anything that happens, Every phenomenon, every event contains a cosmic purpose, a reason, and therefore we need to find the spiritual purpose for whatever happens in our life, even if it's something that's undesirable, like God forbid, illness. And if we could identify the purpose in any challenging situation that could help minimize the negative feelings, the melancholy that illness could sometimes bring upon ourselves. I once called a friend up who was in hospital overseas and I was, this, this guy's like a workaholic, a guy's always active and busy. And I was feeling pity for him and giving him the Salatik and Achsham that I learned here. And he says, no, God wanted me to take a break. I so desperately needed this pause in my life. If we could see things from that perspective, then we realize we have ingrained within ourselves that positive optimism. And we have to also, of course, uh, reinforce our trust, our faith in God, especially in times of illness, because that could steer the situation to a positive resolution that is something having strengthening our faith, our trust in Hashem, that we realize that God can and does work miracles. And that God is the healer of all flesh and can do wonders and miracles. We have to realize that perhaps there could be a medical diagnosis or that, a misdiagnosis, excuse me, or, uh, or there's new remedies and new, new, new treatments that are constantly being developed. Never be despondent, never despair, don't give up. The Torah tells a doctor the doctor's job is to heal. in our parsha this week. And therefore, we have to know that the doctor, any medical professional is God's agent to bring about healing. And of course, one has to consult with the medical experts, but realize that the doctor's job is to be optimistic. The job, is, the, the job of the doctor is to help the patient and their, with their faith in Hashem, because that's the, the job is of the doctors to bring the healing. And hopefully doctors will be encouraging in that way to the patients. And finally, the idea of the physical and spiritual are intertwined that we discussed at great length today, that our physical health is necessary for our spiritual well-being. And likewise, it's a two-way street because our spiritual well-being, our spiritual health and maintenance will contribute to our physical well-being. My dear friends, thank you for joining us today. And I invite you to come join us next Wednesday, whether in the mornings at 10.30 a.m. at Chabad Seniors Club or in the evening, Jewish Learning Institute at Santan Central Shul, where we are going to talk a little bit more about this because today we discussed our physical, our emotional well-being. But of course, one wonders further, how do we deal with mental health challenges that Inevitably, everyone's going to face at some point in their life. And we're going to look at some refreshing Torah perspectives on ideas relating to this. So I hope you come join us on Wednesday for Advice for Life. Wishing you a great job. Thanks for joining us here today. And carpe diem, remember to aspire to inspire before you retire so you don't expire. Shabbat shalom.